Greetings from the Skirvin Hotel. That's right, I finally managed to book a night at the Skirvin to come and record the history of the Skirvin and maybe tell some of the more famous ghost stories. <coughs> Excuse me. And most importantly, to uh, sit back and spend the night here and see if I have any ghost stories to tell of my own. So get excited. We've got a great show for you tonight. This is the Halloween special of the America of America podcast with the Skirvin Hotel. Depending on where you are, I'm recording this in the evening, and I plan to release this in the evening, but I imagine many of you who are listening, so you'll uh, listen to this in the morning. So wherever you are, thanks for being with us with the America of America podcast. Some updates. Again, sorry about last week. Uh, I was very ill. In fact, sadly, I don't have an illness to really brag about. I was really out with a common cold that... I hadn't gotten a common cold maybe in a couple of years, so this one just hit me particularly hard. So, And when I first came down with symptoms, I made some decisions that probably worsened my experience, so that was my own fault. But anyway, I, I have since recovered pretty well, so I'm glad to be back in full force, um, especially here to record this uh, Halloween special, uh, which, as I've said over and over again, is going to be the Scriven Hotel, the most beautiful building in downtown Oklahoma City, arguably I think the most beautiful building in Oklahoma and the several states area, one of the most famous just historical hotels in all of Oklahoma that has been here since the very beginning and holds a lot of the city's history, and as well, one of the most haunted places in Oklahoma and one of the best uh, places to tell ghost stories. So I think that it all culminates here, and I wouldn't want to be recording this episode anywhere other than the Skirvin Hotel, which is where I am right now. So, as always, we're going to begin with historical background. So the Skirvin Hotel is named for William Balser Skirvin, who was an original 89er, meaning that he came to Oklahoma in the land run of 1889 and made his money in real estate development, drilling, and of course, oil. So doing process or doing business that was ancillary to oil production and quickly became a very, very, very wealthy man. And early on, because he was a real estate developer, Mr. Skirvin decided that he wanted to build the downtown luxury hotel. And in 1911, he opened what is now the Skirvin Hotel, which is the hotel that I am in. At the time, well, he had originally planned for the hotel to be two wings of seven floors, but as they began building, he and the architect rearranged things to where it was two wings of 10 floors. Later on, the hotel would be expanded out to 13 floors and three wings. So right now I am in the far west wing, so I am in one of the original wings of the hotel. Soon after the hotel opened, it quickly took the spot as the real luxury hotel of Oklahoma City, and Mr. Skirvin took this reputation very seriously. And there are legends told that Mr. Skirvin would sit in the same chair every day in the lobby and watch the guests as they come in, as they came in, and would give a sign to the bellman or the person working the front desk, and it was either a positive sign, in which case 
uh, the staff would come up to that guest and say, we have a drink ready for you at the bar and we're going to give you a sweet. Or if Mr. Scriven gave them a negative sign, the bellman or the front desk person would come up and say, sorry, the hotel's all booked up. You need to go stay somewhere else. From this same chair, Mr. Scriven famously would drink cocktails out the wazoo one after another, and instead of putting his glasses in any sort of uh, put-away bin or even table, he would stack them one on top of the other on the ground, and all while eating peanuts. And if you've ever been to a roadhouse where you throw peanuts on the floor, Mr. Scriven would do this in the middle of his luxury hotel, where he would stack the cocktail glasses and the peanut shells on the floor next to his chair, and whenever he got up, someone would come over and clean them up, which I guess was fine since he owned the hotel, so it was his rules. Soon, the Scurvin would even host an exotic zoo on its roof, which is a fun fact that I wish they, I wish this hotel still had. Aside from the hotel, William Scurvin's most famous legacy was actually his daughter. He had several children, but by far the most famous was his daughter, Pearl. Uh, mainly because Pearl would marry a man named George Mesta. If you are from Oklahoma City or are familiar with Oklahoma City, you'll recognize the name Mesta Park. And Pearl Scurvin Mesta became famous because she was obviously raised in a very high society uh, upbringing, and she was very good at that kind of life. And when she and Mesta got married, they would eventually move to Washington, D.C., where Pearl would bring those high society skills to work and eventually securing herself the post of ambassador to Luxembourg under the Truman administration, and even had the honor of inspiring an Isaiah Berlin musical. But I digress. As the years rolled on, the hotel would expand, uh, growing up to 14 floors, even though it's the traditional use of floor count where there is no 13 floor, so 11, 12, and then 4, 14. Uh, there would be added on a third wing, which is that east wing, which is uh, identical to the other two wings, um, so it doesn't look added on later. And the hotel would actually be one of the largest capacity hotels in all of Oklahoma City. But unfortunately, all good things come to an end, and Mr. Skirvin would unfortunately die in 1944. The Skirvin Hotel, however, it lived on, and it would go through a series of owners who would update it, update the furnishings, update the uh, the hotel with air conditioning, and really bring the Skirvin into the 20th century. And for most of that mid to mid-late 20th century, it really was the elegant place to entertain in all of Oklahoma City. However, if you've listened to any of this podcast, you will know that the early 1980s saw the great oil bust, which really crippled Oklahoma City's economy for decades to come. And as it crippled all the economy, that means it crippled the Skirvin as well. And in 1988, the Skirvin just could not survive the oil bust and closed its doors for two decades. And it wasn't until the renaissance of Oklahoma City in the mid to late 2000s at the Skirvin Hotel would reopen under new management of the Hilton Hotel. So it is now the Skirvin Hilton or Hilton Skirvin Hotel reopened in 2008 and has been running fairly well ever since. The Skirvin's long and illustrious history alongside the growth and development of Oklahoma City is a breeding ground for ghost stories. It is the kind of building that just oozes out paranormal activity because the building is old and it is gorgeous 
uh, one of the best examples of that hotel gothic architecture that once pervaded all of America. At this point, you should be comfortable with the fact that none of this is really my original research. Uh, I am deeply indebted, again, to Mr. Provine, who, being the official folklorist of Oklahoma City, has done an excellent, excellent job of chronicling not just the history, but also the paranormal history of the Skirvin Hotel, and features as a landmark on his haunted Oklahoma City tours, which I'm not sure if there's any more going on after Halloween, but I would highly, highly recommend if you get the opportunity to. Very affordable, very fun, and a good tour of downtown Oklahoma City. The Skirvin's reputation as a haunted hotel really took off in the 20-year period of abandonment from 1988 to 2008 when the hotel sat empty. And not only is it a beautiful old building, but those kinds of landmarks that sit empty and abandoned for a while also are a good, fertile breeding ground of ghost stories. Provine writes about a series of thrill seekers who went to the abandoned hotel to go up on its stories, to go up on um, some of the higher floors and to see what was left there when the hotel closed and to, um, you know, make some mischief. And at one point, I can't remember which floor it was, the thrill seekers look into one room and look into the hallway and see that there is a mate's cart at one end of the hallway. And so they don't think much of it and they go from room to room checking things out. But it seems that every time they exit a room and they look down the hallway where they just came, that maid cart, that maid's cart seems to be getting a little bit closer until they're about halfway down the hallway and they've really noticed that that maid's cart is getting closer from which the maid's cart just seems to rev up and start chasing them to which the thrill seekers promptly ran away, ran out of the hotel, never to step foot in the abandoned hotel ever again. Like many haunted hotels, guests and visitors would tell of laughter and children's cries in rooms where there, no, where there were no children, on floors where there no, were no children, in places where there were no guests. One of the most famous examples of this came in the late 2000s on the morning when the Skirvin reopened to house guests again. The story goes that all the staff were assembled early in the morning and assembled in the lobby of the hotel to go over the events of the day for the grand reopening of the Skirvin. When all the staff were assembled, someone noticed that there was, well, not someone, but many people noticed a small child running through their midst going down to the basement to which one of the managers had to ask, okay, who brought your kid at five in the morning on this, you know, very important work day? Nobody had brought their kid. So confused, they decided, okay, we now need to go look for this child who's unaccounted for. And after a couple of employees went down into the basement to find the little boy, came back saying that they had no idea where he was. Thus began the legend of the phantom boy who haunts the basement of the Skirvin. Another frequent ghost is that of William Skirvin himself. In the lobby of the Skirvin Hotel, there is a chair that sits under that sits under a part of the wall that is said to be where Mr. Scriven would sit way back in the day when he was looking and when he was looking at the guests that were coming into his hotel while ceremonially eating peanuts and drinking cocktails. Now, it is said that there was a light that hung above Scriven's chair, and that at multiple times in the Scriven's history, when the Scriven was either being closed or being closed down for renovations or whatever needed to be done, that light won't go out. And Provine also recounts the story 
of a technician who was working when the Skirvin was to be closed down and was shutting off all of the electricity throughout the hotel and was cutting out all the wires, but the, he could not get the wire, or excuse me, he could not get the light that hung above that chair to go out, even when all the electricity in the entire hotel was turned off, and there's no reason that light should have remained on. And the story ends with, of course, that technician being a union job guy, being able to quit his job and never step foot in the hotel again because he was so spooked. The spookiest ghost, however, is not Mr. Skirvin, but if the stories are true, is Mr. Skirvin's mistress, Effie. Like all legends, the origin of Effie the ghost is shrouded in mystery and contradiction in multiple accounts. Often said that Effie was Mr. Skirvin's secretary and or mistress, or probably both at the same time, while he was still a very big playmaker in Oklahoma City. In the story then goes that Effie was found to be pregnant, and Mr. Skirvin, fearing the ruin of his reputation, locked Effie in a suite on the 10th floor so he could keep an eye on her. From here, Effie was living in the 10th floor during her pregnancy, but had the baby in the 10th floor the Skirvin, and either, some accounts say, tried to get out one of the windows with the baby in her arms so she could climb over to another room and therefore get out of the hotel, or two, climbed out of the window and jumped. But all the conclusions of the story are the same, which is that Effie fell 10 stories with her baby and died in the footsteps of the Skirvin Hotel. There are a couple problems with this story. The first being that there is no actual corroboration that this ever happened. And as Provine will tell you, this is actually a death knell for the Effie story because Mr. Skirvin had many political enemies in Oklahoma City, especially when he was at the height of his power. And one of those enemies was the Gaylords. And the Gaylords, who ran a very prominent Oklahoma City family, who ran the Daily Oklahoman, would have no problem writing a story about how Mr. Scriven's mistress had plummeted to her death after she had been locked inside a hotel room by her lover. The other reason to doubt, to excuse me, to doubt this account of Effie is that this exact story comes from a hotel called the Baker Hotel, which is in Mineral Walls, Texas. And also, it seems to be a common trope in haunted hotel stories where there is a mistress who is locked into a suite on the top floor of the hotel who commits suicide by jumping out the window and therefore haunts these hotels. Now, even though it is arguable that Effie maybe never existed or that Effie, as we understand her, is a figment of folklore and a figment of legends, that does not stop people from experiencing what they believe to be a female ghost on the 10th floor of the Skirvin. Now, the 10th floor of the Skirvin is where all of the suites are, and this is because the original Skirvin, especially in those first two towers, only had 10 stories. Those next three stories were added later. So for the Skirvin's heyday, the most sought-after rooms were on this story, and this is actually where we get a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the stories with NBA players and famous people, because when NBA players or people of prominence came to stay, come to stay in Oklahoma City, they're often put into suites at the Skirvin on the 10th story. The rebirth of Effie seems to be credited by the New York Knicks, who claimed that their loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder in 2010 was caused by Effie keeping them up in the middle of the night. Other guests report waking up in the middle of the night to walk into their bathrooms and see that their bathtubs are filled to the brim with the closest possible to spilling over. 
Other guests have reported seeing indentations in their bed where a person was supposedly sitting next to them that they could not see, as well as other guests going as far to say that Effie has physically touched them while they were in bed or while they were taking a shower. Some of the more famous occurrences on the 10th floor come from the sports writer Bill Simmons, who experienced hearing a baby crying in 2011, as well as the famous basketball player and infamous basketball player, if you're keeping up with the news, Kyrie Irving, who as far back as 2019 said that he was actually going to produce a film about the events in the Skirvin Hotel. Now, as Kyrie Irving seems to be right now in a political war with his employer and the government, it seems that his film about the Skirvin Hotel is on definite hiatus. Although Mr. Irving's film about the Skirvin Hotel might not be coming for several years, the 10th floor of the Skirvin Hotel does appear to be one of the most interesting and haunted places in all of Oklahoma, as well as just a nice place to stay. While recording part of this podcast, I had the pleasure to actually spend the night in the Skirvin Hotel, though I was not on the 10th floor because I originally wanted to record this podcast last week, but if you remember, I was deathly ill, so I couldn't actually stay there. When I rescheduled my stay at the Scriven Hotel, all the floors on the 10th story were booked. Excuse me, all the rooms on the 10th story were booked. So I had to make do with the 9th story. Though the gentleman who did check me in told me that I was staying in room 902, which was actually legendarily the room right below where Effie was chained up when she was being held captive by Mr. Scriven. And that now that room, or the room at the time was called 1015, but with the renovation of the Skirvin, the numbers were changed, and now that room is 1002 on the 10th floor. So though I was not on the 10th floor, I was at least connected to supposedly the most haunted room in the hotel. Now, granted, I was not on the 10th floor, but I found my stay to be entirely pleasant, the room to be very clean and beautiful and comfortable with a great view of downtown Oklahoma City, and I had no experiences with ghosts. Now, it could be that I was very tired by the time I got to bed, and probably I was going to sleep through a ghost encounter, but I wasn't touched, I didn't see anything, I didn't hear any noises, I didn't hear any children crying, I didn't even hear people in the rooms next to me. So, if you are not a big fan of haunted hotels, I would still absolutely recommend the Scriven, because it is a gorgeous, very nice hotel in the heart of Oklahoma City, and as far as luxury hotels go, is actually a fairly reasonable place to stay. So if you have any intent of visiting Oklahoma City anytime soon, even if you're into or not into hauntings, I would absolutely recommend you come to the Scriven Hotel. Beautiful, beautiful piece of Oklahoma City history and a place that I'm excited to spend more time at as I grow older. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the end of this special Halloween edition of the America of America podcast. This podcast is going to go out on Halloween, on Halloween Sunday. So it will not. there will not be a podcast on Monday morning for November 1, though we will be back next week with a non-ghost story episode as we are exiting Halloween season and going into Thanksgiving season, which of course means that we can also get into seasonal episodes related to Thanksgiving. What those are, I have no idea. But if you have an idea, feel free to shoot me an email at chautauquareview at gmail.com. I'm always looking for comments, corrections, or just general questions. And with that, I'm Will Milam. This is the America of America podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.